Welcome to the official Guns Up Nation podcast, the premier voice for the fearless fans of Raiderland. Oh, 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 he's the worst Red Raider, unbelievable! The Scarlet and Black are back on the final bowl club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Let's meet today's hosts. Hey, how's it going, everybody? I'm RC Maxwell alongside Tobias Bass for another installment of the Guns Up Nation podcast. Tobias Bass is down in H-Town. Another weather report, or what are we getting today, Tobias? Uh, no weather report, just, you know, fancy football. I'm in this group message right now, and people are just, it's some idiots in my, one of my fantasy leagues, a guy traded Michael Thomas for a ham sandwich, and somebody else traded Devontae Adams for a, how so i'm not too happy right now so I'm, i might i might ask for my money back to be honest because i don't want to be in that league anymore okay i will give tobias credit he beat me twice this week we played in the K- uh not in the ktxt but the guns up nation league and then uh you beat me in that one then you beat me in our other league um that was embarrassing i think more anything i'm not even in like mad that you beat me like i'm really not because everybody has a loss in that league yeah. What I'm more embarrassed about is my team, and I mean everybody on it, combined for one touchdown this week. I didn't have no, a touchdown it. from the quarterback position. I had one touchdown from the running back. I had no touchdowns from the wide receivers, no tight end touchdowns, nothing. That's why you I won. Mean, okay, because you started Minshew against the Dolphins. I, I mean, that's a great. It's not a bad start. It's a great yeah, play. No, that's not a bad start. Yeah, no, it's not. I would I mean like I would have figured he would have. Score the touch, like you know. What I'm saying I would have assumed, you know, because Dolphins defense. I mean, it's it's probably the best part of the team, but still, it's the Dolphins. You know, I would have assumed he would have played better. Well, at least got uh, one. Like that's the thing. Not, not everybody can be as lucky as you, Tobias, and just happen to fall into the Josh Allen breakout. Like, well, I, well, I, well he was my breakout guy anyway this year. I was I was trying to draft him in every league that I could, and I mean, it's fortunate he's played some bad teams early, but he played the Rams this weekend, but he was my guy all year. So I thought that he would, he would pop and he has. Thankfully I was there again. Yeah, no, I'm hoping that that Stafford Galladay stack starts to pay off. They're about to have like one of the easiest schedules in football. So hopefully that'll pay off, but nobody cares about our fantasy football teams to buy. You know how that is Um, on today's show. You already know what we're going to talk about people. You, Mm -hmm. you, You already know what this, Basically, this whole podcast is dedicated to we'll talk a little bit about Patrick Mahomes and what he did last night on Monday Night Football. But we, we, we let's, let's just get to it, Tobias. We, we, we need to get this out there. We need to start talking about this and start this conversation. Or as uh, Charles Barkley says, there will be a dialogue. And that's exactly what we're going to have right now um, is a dialogue. So. Obviously, we know the circumstances um, that happened this weekend at Jones AT&T Stadium. Um, Texas Tech welcomed in number eight, Texas. And, I mean, I, I picked them to cover the spread to lose by 13. I don't think you, – you picked them to lose by, what, 19, 20, something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. I was always got the board. But there was, there was yeah. nothing wrong with that at the time. I mean, they hadn't given us any indication yeah. that they were going to play good. So, I'm not trying to hate on you. I was just trying to remember our yeah. predictions correctly. Yeah. Um, well, Texas Tech didn't do that. Um, they came out, and I will go ahead and say it because no one else on Twitter will. They absolutely dominated the Longhorns for fifty-seven or fifty-four to fifty-five minutes. 
I, I'll say yeah. it. They, they absolutely – they looked like the number eight team in the country and not the Longhorns, if you ask me. Now, the problem is I said 54, 55 minutes. The Longhorns were the better team for that five-minute stretch, and three of them were the most important three minutes of the game. Now, Texas Tech fans obviously know what happened. The crazy part is, Tobias, if you look at this, they had held Texas – the Texas Tech defense had held Texas – to only three points in the second half, or uh, 10 points in the second half, I apologize, and three points in the fourth quarter up until that final three minutes, right? So the defense mm -hmm. looked great in the second half. The problem is it all came apart when Coach Patterson, and he admitted he let everybody down in the sense where he moved into prevent defense, and that just it isn't going to work. But Tobias, your initial thoughts before we get into a little bit more detail how, how are you feeling about this Texas Tech football team right now after losing 63-56 to 56 to Texas? I'm just about even kill. You know, that, that what we saw was Tech. Like, that is, if you, if you were an alien and you came down to watch a Tech football game, that's, and you went, that's what it looks like. You get our highs, we fell off with the lows, maybe you get super, super high, we can do this, you know, we're going to get over the hump, we're going to beat the number 18 at home, and then all hell just broke loose right in front of our very eyes and we lose. I mean, the team, they played well. I mean, there was some positive in the team from this game. I mean, the receiving core looked really well. Thompson ran the ball very well. You know, the defense, even though they gave up a bunch of points, you know, after they calmed down, they were, you know, able to get stops and, you know, they caught an interception. They were making plays. But it's just finishing. You know, that's, I feel like that's been the issue with Tech for a long time now with this energy. You know, we're able to compete with these high-profile teams, but when it comes to those laughing, we need to get that stop or get that first down. We just seem to can't do it. Yeah, um, I tweeted it um, yesterday that in the Matt Wills era, Texas Tech has lost eight Big 12 games. Five of them have been by one possession or fewer, or one possession. So when you look at that, you know, you, we, we talked about it, you know, at our time when we had the radio show was – Usually good teams or those great teams that propel into, you know, great, they struggle like this for a little while. Maybe, you know, it's one or two years where they just can't get over that hump. But once they get over that hump and they have that breakthrough moment, there's no looking back, right? And so that's kind of where I am right now in terms of, you know, positivity and everything. I know um, a lot of tech fans are like you in the sense where, oh, my God, this is just typical tech, right? Um I don't think it is, man. Like, personally, when I look at what Texas Tech did, and I want your opinion, if Cliff, if Cliff Kingsbury's the coach, they lose by what? 20? 28? Right? Yeah. I mean, especially, I mean, you know, Texas, they scored, you know, early. And then it, I think, yeah, that would have been a game they probably would have. Um, maybe we, we out, just, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I mean, it, I mean, I mean, the thing is, the same thing with Cliff, though, when he was, you know, we couldn't finish games. And, you know, sometimes the team would, like, you know, we would be at home and it seemed like they wouldn't even be normal. They would just get blown out at home and they would just start off so slow with, you know, he's just, you know, rare, you know, various things, you know. Texas, they they scored early, but you know, they showed some weaknesses that, and, you know, in some moments and they were able to, you know, capitalize on those things like, you know, box punts, you know, things like that. But, yeah, I would agree. That would be the game that I think Cliff, he, we would have lost that game by more for sure. Well, the thing is with me, and again, you know how I feel about Wells, and I'm really not trying to stick up for him because at some point it has to happen. Like, you got to get over that hump, right? You just have to. Right. It, it's got to happen eventually. And 
and for in my opinion, you know, you got to give him a little bit more time. He's been here for legitimately 20 months, man. 20 months, and people are saying we need to fire him. Like, calm down. Cliff Kingsbury left this program in an awful position. He hated to recruit. There was no depth on this roster. I mean, Matt Wells has come in here, and in my opinion, done a pretty damn good job, all things considered. Now, you look at the record four and eight. I'm disappointed just like everybody else. You know, and, and in this game, you should be 2-0. and Let's face it, you should be 2-0, and but you're not, as my dog has some fun with the toy right now. Um, <laughs> but you should be 2-0 and right now, but you blew it. Simple and plain. There's no way around it. There's no excuse for that. I think the guy you have to blame is Keith Patterson, the defensive coordinator. He's even said that. You blame me. I put us in prevent. I, put the, I took our foot off the gas. Okay, great. Now don't take it off ever again. That's the thing. I'm tired of hearing this coaching staff saying, we're close. My fault. We're close. Yeah. We're close. We, we just got to keep that foot on the gas. Well, then why the hell did you take it off? You know, like this is your mantra, right? Like we, us, our, we, in a we, us, our program, you don't hold back. You keep going. You keep going for that guy next to you. You keep coaching for those kids on the field. And they just didn't do that, right? At some point, you have to hold them accountable for that. And I think at this point, when you look at what Patterson has done, Honestly, if you had to give me an award to a guy on this roster or this team before the final three minutes were completed, I am walking up to Keith Patterson and I'm doing, and I'm just slapping him in the ass, man. I'm like, that's a hell of a job. You held Texas to 300 total yards in the in basically 57 minutes. Mm. That's that's yeah. unheard of in the Big 12, especially with the Texas Tech defense, right? Mm. So that's one thing that I was really impressed with, but it just went all went to complete crap right after that and, and that's the thing you cannot take your foot off of the gas in the big 12 you cannot do it there's too many good offenses in this league i mean a perfect example oklahoma k-state congratulations wildcats you got an upset of the year in norman texas tech should have had one too honestly the two teams that should have gone to the college football playoff this year in the big 12 they should have lost last weekend but texas tech yeah, sure. They took their foot off the gas, and if they that continues to happen, I will jump on this bandwagon that people are saying about this program where it's just, you know, this is typical tech like you're saying, but at the same time where they're saying, you know, we got to question Wells. I, I think it's ludicrous right now to question Matt Wells. I really do because if you put Cliff Kingsbury last year in that program, okay, they probably go four and eight, but they get blown out in four of those losses, right? They don't mm -hmm. compete with Baylor and Waco. They just don't. Right. But I, I think these things are slowly starting to turn, but I got to see them get over that hump, like you're saying, because eventually it's just, okay, you're just like Cliff Kingsbury in the sense of you, you can't take us over the hump. We got to find a guy to do it. No, I agree. Like I tweeted, but I was just like, I feel like being a tech fan sometimes, a tech football fan is like the definition of insanity. We, you know, we just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. You expect a different result. It's just like, like you said, I'm getting tired of hearing. We got to stop taking off the gas. Like, we've been hearing that for how long now? Like, stop stop doing it, damn it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Stop stop tricking me. You know, stop stop taking your, you know, your foot off the gas. But um, they, I mean, that was a game that was just. It was, it was winnable. It was right that there. was yours. It was very winnable. That was your game. We, we lost the game. Like, you know, we lost it, if anything. You know, you just stupid things like that. And then the biggest thing for me was just. Moment kill. You know, we get the onside kick. No one saw it coming. That wasn't even – don't even do things like that. You know what I mean? We don't mm – -hmm. that's not tech stuff. We get the onside kick, next play interception. Yeah. All the moment, you know, everyone's excited. It's like, you know, well, we've got, well, guy for going right back on the field. Because, you know, whatever. Then we 
another momentum killer. Bowman throws another interception. I know you want to take a shot early, but it, it, I know there was someone coming across the middle for just take the dump off or throw it out of bounds. No, yeah, anything. It was rigged. Don't it was rigged throw a pick. Yeah. yeah, don't throw a pick because that just ruins everything. And now it's just kind of like, here we go again. You're playing the eighth best team in the country. When you give them opportunities like that, they're going to they're gonna win. And you see the reason why we lost. Yeah, no, I mean, the thing is, I know a lot of uh, people are giving Alan Bowman crap, and, you know, rightfully so and to some extent. But I thought he played really well outside of, you know, I keep saying, you know, three or four throws. I go back and watch the game. It's probably four or five. But I really think the ones that people are saying that Bowman didn't play well, and he made these throws. I can't take it away from him. He made them, right? We're the ones that you talked about. Those things absolutely ruined the game. I'll tell you right now, if Texas Tech goes down and they score – off of that onside kick that you're talking about or the blocked punt where he threw an interception right there, that ball game's over. I don't care if they're up 15. Yeah. The momentum's done, and Texas is deflated because they tech threw everything at them. The reason that they weren't deflated was because, okay, first of all, super talented team. I, I know people don't want to admit it, but Texas is – I think they're a good team. They played bad, and Texas Tech played good on Saturday. Simple and plain. That's really what happened. Um and Texas Tech took advantage of a lot of key opportunities outside of the two that you talked about. Um, but really, for me, when I look at it, I thought Alan Bowman played all right. Now that those momentum killers have to change, man. And, and I don't know about you, but when you watch Alan Bowman throw, does it just, like, hurt your arm? So, yeah, sometimes when he doesn't, like, he does throw a little awkward. Um, the thing with me is, like, some of those throws, he wasn't even close. Like, oh. like they were no, they weren't even, they weren't even close. I'm like, dude, did you not, what did you not see the defender one, then two? Like, you, I don't think he has a noodle for an arm. I think, I think he can put a little bit more. And then, like I said, he just wasn't, he just wasn't close. Like, he's under throwing, receiving about five, six yards. I'm like, there's nothing he can do. And we have, I mean, although I think it's an underrated group, we do have talented receivers. I think we have three oh, of them easily. that are pretty good. They're pretty good. I would go ahead and argue this is the best wide receiving core that they've had in five, six years. Probably. Probably you so. Know? I, I, this is a good – this is a really good group. And then, yeah. then you have a, a great running back, too, because we never had this good of a receiving core with a back like that. Yeah. We never we haven't had like that DeAndre combination, at least, at least not in a while. Well, yeah, yeah DeAndre yeah, left the year that that group really broke out, Yeah, per se. right. Yeah, I mean, for – for me, when I look at it, I do agree Bowman has a little bit more juice in that arm that he lets on. It's just he was trying to force feed Vasher at some points. And to me, like, I get it. Vasher's, Vasher's good. I, I, he has not lived up to the hype that he has had coming out of, you know, Wichita Ryder. But he's a good wide receiver. But if you personally ask me, and I've been saying this for weeks, Tobias, he's what, the third best receiver on your team? Probably. Yeah. In my yeah, opinion, man, that's a anyway, great option. Yeah, yeah. In my yeah. opinion, he's probably the third one. Why the hell are you force feeding your third best option? Like, I don't get it. Like, I get he's tall, he's six six, he's built like a prey mantis, but really the guy's supposed to be doing jump balls. He's not supposed to be doing slants across the middle. Like, I, yeah. I, I, you know, the thing is with me, you have to, and and you look at the stats, right? Isakama and Carter had the most catches. They had seven each, and they were one two in terms of yards. Those guys, if they do not get at least a 20% target share in this offense, that is a damn shame and there's something wrong because those guys are explosive as hell, mostly Keyshawn Carter. I know you've seen me on Twitter. Yeah. I have been absolutely livid that he has not gotten more targets. This guy is unbelievable. He's been targeted 
targeted 16 times through two games, Tobias, through two games. He's already had – he's already over halfway to his career high in receiving uh, – in catches, <laughs> over halfway in receiving yards, and he's already broke his career high in touchdowns with wow. three in a season. Oh, and by the way, he's, if you look at pro football focus and you go on there to see how many forced missed tackles he's had. So he's had, remember, 13 catches, right? So 13 opportunities to make guys miss. He has six broken tackles. Mm. That's unheard of at the wide receiver position. And, and not to mention, this guy's a track star. You need to get the ball in his hands more. And, and he's a comma. I mean, I don't, I don't know any other way to describe it other than you got Mossed, um, the cornerback for Texas in the back of the end zone on that free play. That was absolutely ridiculous by Eric Izakama. I don't understand why they're not using – at all times, if you're not going to use the tight end, and if you look at it so far, he really hasn't used the tight end. Koontz only has three catches for 21 mm-hmm. yards this year. I don't know why and the hell – Yeah, I don't know why the hell you're not just putting these four guys on the field at all times. Eric Uzakama, Carter, TJ Vasher, and Rigdon. And then you got uh, Sir Roderick in the backfield. Why are you not doing that? Why? I I, I don't understand. The the Yost play calling bothered me to an extent on Saturday because, yeah, Carter had seven catches. Yeah, Uzakama had seven catches. But it seemed like he was just putting Bowman in the position to force feed TJ Vasher, which – isn't a recipe for success, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it was just – it's just a – I don't know. It's just – I feel like Bowman, he can't, he has a lot of potential. It's just like he just killed – like those turnovers, he just killed me with those. Because, you know, those are just – it's confidence in playing turnovers. Like, and it, was, it was the very next play. You know, the whole defense is deciding, you know, we have opportunity. Like you said, they score any of those games, though. And – he just he just killed us with those killed us with those things like you said. He shouldn't be forcing fast. I feel like Carter and Easy are always open. I feel like anybody you're gonna force feed the ball to is them because you because exactly. I mean then Bash and then Bash they know and then Texas they have a good secondary. They know when you're throwing the ball deep like that. They know where the ball is going. They have a good secondary and you know when you force feed them and especially when he was like the thing is he wasn't even getting the ball close like I said before, and that was just killing us. Yeah. No, I, I think one group that has not gotten enough attention on the Texas Tech offense this week is the offensive line. You lose your left oh, tackle yeah. and your left guard. I mean, uh, your center as well. And Deaton, he went out. And you got you had guys come in like Farah who played significant snaps. And Tobias, what about if I told you that the Texas Longhorns had no sacks of Bowman and no QB hurries on the day? I remember we, we talked about this before. Against uh, the first game, they only had two sacks, and I was against, I believe, UTEP. True. They only had two sacks. And I remember we talked about this. I was saying that I feel like he's going to have time. You know, that other defensive end, I think number 45, I can't remember what number he is. He was kind of getting to Bowman a little bit. But for the most part, I was like, he's going to have time. It's all if he's going to make accurate and right decisions. But like you said, he had time for the most part. They're not a great – but their, their strength, the defense is in the back line. It's not down low. You know, a bunch of those guys are young anyway. So he had time. He just – in key moments, he just wasn't making the right decision. I just thought it was great to see, you know, because, again, typically, you know, even just on that defensive line, Texas is going to have playmakers. Even if it's not their strength on defense like you're talking about, they're going to still have playmakers out there. Yeah. Uh, just because of their talent level. I thought that was great for us, especially an offensive line that got hit by a couple injuries. Um and they had to, you know, move a couple pieces around. You give up no sacks, no QB hurries. But I also think you could go back and say, okay, there's no sacks and QB hurries. 
those three interceptions from Bowman shouldn't be happening then because he had plenty of time. Um, it was just, you know, bad decision-making. Um, another factor that I thought was awesome to see for Texas Tech, um, you look at it, tackles for loss, six, solid. They got to the quarterback, had a couple there. Eli Howard got one, um, as well as Wilson. He, Tyree Wilson, he came in and made an impact right away. Um, really, I thought the defense played really, really well um, in the sense of I think – Tech fans have to go in this with moderate expectations, right? I think a lot of Tech fans want this defense to be an SEC defense or an elite defense. It's just not, right? Like, this defense played really, really well for 54 to 55 minutes today. And those five minutes, they looked like garbage, and their coach didn't put them in good position. And, you know, sometimes, you know, players are supposed to, you know, be better than their coaches. Sometimes you can't over you, – you, you can't outplay coaching sometimes. It just happens, yeah. right? And – so I thought the Tech defense is getting a little bit of a bad rap. Yeah, they gave up 63 points. But you look at it, they held Texas up until the final three minutes to 10 points in the second half. You'll take that every day of the I mean, week. That means some of it's not in their fault. Like I said, he's throwing interceptions, and they're getting the ball on the 40, 50 yard line exactly. every time you're putting them, in, you're putting them in, in, in the bad spot. You know, like that. that's just – it just sucks, you know, especially like when we have the ball in our hands, you know, the play call, I think some of those times, especially after the first time, maybe you run the ball, maybe do like a little draw, you know, anything, just something quick to get the ball. Out. I, I would have rather seen the tunnel screen for that. You know how I feel about those. Yeah. But I would have rather seen that, especially if he's going to throw two interceptions. Then, then they were getting pretty decent returns off of most of them. So you're just putting the defense in the bad spot. Yeah, I mean, 300 total yards before the final three minutes. If you yeah. would have told me that Texas Tech would have held Texas to 300 yards of total offense with three minutes to go in the fourth quarter – I would have assumed that Tech would have scored zero points and they were just running the football and the clock out or that Texas Tech just had a lights out day on all aspects of it, which they kind of did in a way other than a couple of turnovers. And, you know, you look at it, I think Texas Tech is in a good spot. So before we talk about our expectations moving forward, Tobias, we do need to bring up this. Our buddies at Two Docs. I went to Two Docs this last week and I was in Lubbock. Let me tell you, shout out to JC, the marketing manager out there. He hooked me up with one free beer. It was the Goza. The Chilton Goza slaps, absolutely slaps. Best drink they have, in my opinion, but they don't really have bad drinks out there. If you like IPAs, craft beers, go check them out. Our buddies at Two Docs, they have great beer, live music, cool place to watch sports, got two big screens outside. They can social distance out, outside as well. Um, two Docs is located at 502 Texas Avenue in downtown Lubbock. And right now, they are offering free shipping on orders of $49 or more when you use the code GUNSUP. Again, when you use the code GUNSUP, you get free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go see our friends down at Two Docs and support local business out in the 806, and be sure to tell them that Guns Up Nation sent you. And go on their website as well, twodocsbrewing.com. Again, that's twodocsbrewing.com. And remember, the promo code is GUNSUP when you spend $49 or more for free shipping. So, Tobias, had to shout them out real quick, but let's talk about this team moving forward, right? Um, I don't think you and I are going to deny this. We were um, very critical of what Texas Tech did in the first week of the year against Houston Baptist, and we were very vocal about it, and um, we didn't really hold anything back. But how do you feel? I know I asked it a little bit early on. We just didn't get to elaborate on it too much. Um, how do you feel about this team now in the sense of, yeah, you said typical Texas Tech, but has your outlook changed in terms of how you view this team long-term this season? I mean, I, 
I definitely see the talent here. I just want to see how they respond because, you know, we've been in games like this before where we'll come close and, you know, will this be a, you know, a dark cloud over their heads going forward? Because, you know, you're going on the road to Kansas State next week. You know, they just beat Oklahoma. So, you know, they're feeling good about themselves. And they have a good team. They're well coached. Is this going to be a dark cloud that holds over our head like it's been in the past? Or are they going to be able to get over it quickly and, you know, beat Kansas State on the road? I'm not sure. We'll see next week. But, I mean, you see the talent is there. You know, it's just a few mistakes here and that. Just a few mistakes here and that. And I think that this week's game might be a kind of a grounded out game. Kansas State, they're very tough. I, I think this right here is kind of a gut check game to see, you know, how strong is this team mentally. Yeah, you look at the – and we'll, we'll have a preview podcast later on in the week for the Kansas State game. But Kansas State is only two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of surprising. Um, when you look one at place things, I'm looking at the line drop is one-and-a-half in one place I'm looking at. Yeah, um, I saw it as high as three and a half to one and a half. Yeah. Um, and the over-under is 63 and a half. So let's just say they're expecting, you know, K-State to win in the 33 to 30 range right now, yeah. um, which I think is probably most likely um, in terms of just like the scoring output. I think um, Texas Tech will probably win that game, um, at least right now, early on in the week. That's what I think. Obviously, things can change. But when it comes to my outlook on this team um, – I think the talent's there. You know I've been saying this for months now, that this team is super talented. It's just can they put it together, right? Um, that's the real big issue for this team, and it's been an issue for a while now. But I think, again, this might be just me being a Matt Wells truther um, in the sense of I do think he's a good coach, and I do think there is a good coaching staff here at Texas Tech, that this might be the game where it clicks, man. You know, where we talked about it and we said – Man, if it comes out and Texas Tech just lays an egg, right, against UT, this whole fan base is gone, man. They're calling for your head. They're uh, calling yeah. for everybody's yeah, head, sure. you know. And to come out the way and respond like that, I think it says first first off something about the players, first and foremost, uh, because the players should get a lot of the credit. Um, but secondly, the coaching staff, man. Like, this coaching staff, if you look at it, I think this coaching staff has out-recruited Cliff Kingsbury in, a, in 20 months um, than Cliff had did in five years. You look at some of the talent he's got in here in terms of the, the transfers from Power 5 conferences. you got a guy from Arizona, A&M, LSU. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're talking big-time gets. We're talking about former All-Americans on the offensive line and Josh Berger. You know, we're talking about some big-time dudes here um, in terms of Power 5 transfers, not to mention he also got Penn State. Zach McPherson. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're looking at all these guys here, and I think Matt Wells and crew, you know, I definitely had the concern. I'm, I know you did as well because uh, I remember this conversation very vividly when Matt Wells got hired. We were actually on the air when it happened. Um, there was a big concern. Can he recruit in Texas or recruit, you know, in this landscape? I think he's proven he can recruit. You know, he can recruit and get transfers too. I think on all levels, he, you know, he's getting guys out of the state and he's getting, you know, big college uh, transfers as well. And I want to see how, you know, going forward, how does that, how does that affect recruiting? Because you know, guys, like you said, the same thing about basketball, they have a good experience here, you know, from other schools, and the guys are looking to move. This, um, this could play a significant role. I'm, I think it's kind of a testament, you know, big, the Big Twelve, you know, they ended up playing football first, you know, they was one of the one of the first conferences that we know were playing regardless. Mm-hmm. You know, that could play a significant role in recruiting because, you know, they're going to 
kids might say, you know, 12, they're ready to make those big decisions with, you know, far as us playing or not. You know, other schools end up playing as well. The Big Ten just said they're playing Pac-12 as well. But, you know, I think that could play a role as a as a um, recruiting advantage. Maybe oh. long-term, but it could be. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it obviously did this year when you got Schooler yeah. in here and you got Monroe. Yeah. I mean, Monroe committed yeah. before um, they knew the Big 12 was playing. But, I mean, you got Schooler in here. That's a big-time recruit. I mean, just for me, you know, everybody knows this. I don't think anybody would deny it either. Cliff Kingsbury hated recruiting, and that's okay. He did. Um, mm-hmm. And he left this program with little to no depth whatsoever. But you look at the way that Coach Wells and crew are going about it in terms of the recruiting process, you know, I think they're doing it perfectly. So you get 25 scholarships, right, every year, every class. Right. That's what you get. I think that Coach Wells is doing this the right way. What you do, right, in recruiting, at least that's what, what he did this past year, I thought was absolutely perfect, right? You go in there and you get a lot of guys that are high upside projects, on the high school side, right? You know, you got a couple guys like Polk that could make an immediate impact if the wide receiver core wasn't so deep, but you get guys that have a lot of high upside potential that you can redshirt or get them to going in practice, right? And then you go get transfers out there in the grad transfer variety. We didn't even mention Boyer Randall when we were talking about transfers. So you got him. You go to the JUCO ranks and you get guys that you can plug Mm -hmm. in right away. And worst case scenario, if they don't live up to their potential that they had going to their former power five, you have depth. And that's something that Texas Tech hasn't had in a long time is meaningful depth. I remember the days where Justice Nelson, you know, was getting mossed by um, Dobson from TCU for 230 yards. I remember those days. Well, I I kept asking myself, why is he out there? Because they didn't have another serviceable corner to put out there, right? That's different this year, okay? So I don't think that by any means is this defense great. Absolutely not. And if anybody tells you that, you probably should stop listening. But – The thing is, they do have depth, and depth is a big thing in the Big 12 because a lot of teams don't have depth, and now Coach Wells and crew um, have accumulated some of that depth. They're still building upon it, but once they start getting their guys in here all the time, right, you got to give this a process of about four years where you get your guys in here and they're old enough to make an impact. Once you get a guy in here like Morton, once you get those guys on the defensive line that you've recruited in here, that are, you know, the three, two, three, four in terms of your recruiting class, and then you get the tight ends that you want in here, that's when you start judging Matt Wells. I think it's absolutely amazing right now, in my opinion, that Matt Wells has lost five Big 12 games by one possession. Obviously, you want some of those to go your way. You should have beaten Baylor last year, but you got hosed yeah. by the refs. Um, yeah. And then you should, you should have beaten Texas. Kansas. Yeah, Kansas. Well, well, let's not even talk about Kansas. Uh, that one hurts too much. Um, but this Texas one, too, I mean – I, I, I don't see how you blame Wells. If you blame anybody, it's on Patterson, and he's taking credit for that, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for me, the outlook on this program is a lot brighter. I'm encouraged, I should say, um, than I was two weeks ago because, let's be honest, if Texas Tech would have came out and laid a dud against Texas, this whole fan base, again, would have been calling for Coach Wells' head, would have been saying, I'm not coming to watch these games. What are we doing? Why didn't we hire Dana Holgerson? Why is Mike Leach still not here? Oh, all this stuff, right? Like, Matt Wells, I think, is the guy, and I think he's the right guy to have here. It's just going to take some time, and we have to be patient because we have to remember how bare the cupboard was when Cliff Kingsbury left. Yeah, like you said, you know, there were options at the time, but I, I agree. I do think uh, Wills is a guy, but you have to be patient. You know, I don't, to be honest, I, don't, I, I get what they're saying, but I don't really know what the rush is for. We haven't been good in a while. So, like, 
you know, you're going to, it, it takes time. You know, we brought home, you know, the Texas Tech sweetheart, we brought him back. Cliff Kingsbury, I think he underperformed. And, you know, he's not here anymore. So you're going to have to take time. Well, Coach Well, this is his second season. He hasn't been here that long. You know, you have to get him 20 months. Get his, yeah. Let him get his class. And, you know, he's still not even playing with his full roster of guys yet. And he still has guys he has to go get. And like you said, now, this is not a knock at Cliff, but as a head coach, you have to love recruiting. You talk to head coaches, regardless of sport, recruiting is a big you know, that's a big part of their life. You know, them as a coach, you have to recruit. That's just part of it. Guys leave every single year for a variety of reasons. You have to recruit. So if you don't love recruiting colleges, and you're out to, isn't, it shouldn't be your move. And you see that Coach Wells, he likes to recruit, and he looks to be a pretty decent closer when it comes to getting guys. So Tech may not need to be a little bit more realistic and just patient. We haven't been good in a very long time. And Rome wasn't built overnight, so let's take some time. So I got curious, you know, that ESPN, uh, ESPN, you know, um, giving you a chance to win in terms, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Um, I forget the name of it. The super, uh, the, the matchup predictor, the football power yeah. index. How many games do you think Texas Tech is favored in in the next eight on that power index? Two to three. No. Is it less? Yeah. We against who? Kansas. Kansas? That's it. Wow. I'll tell you this right now. I mean, um, this might be I, bold. This might be bold, man. I and I and I told I, I said that Tech would go four and six. I don't see Tech going four and six. I think they're going to go better. Um, let's run through the schedule real quick, okay? From today, they're one and one, right? They play Kansas State. Mm-hmm. Win or loss? Mm-hmm. You say win? I, I think I think they're going to lose that game. Okay, so they're one and two at Iowa State. I think loss. We don't play well up there. Okay, so you have them at one and three out the jump. Okay, I got them at two yeah. and two. I think they. I think they beat the Wildcats. Okay. Um. Let's see here. I'm trying to get my computer oh, to load. I apologize. They play Oklahoma. Oh, West Virginia. West, West Virginia is after. Iowa. Okay, there we go. We got West Virginia then. Okay, so yeah. West Virginia's next. Win or loss? W, they can be West Virginia. At home, too. He's at home. So, yeah, okay. Home. So, you got them at two and three. I got them at three and two. Oklahoma yeah. comes in here. I said at the beginning of the year they beat Texas or Oklahoma, but they blew their chance at it. So, um, I got them at three and three. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think they beat Oklahoma. I don't. Okay. I think they got a bad taste in their mouth. I agree. I don't think Oklahoma loses for the rest of the year, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so I got them at three and three. You got them at two and four at this point. At TCU. Yeah. Mm, that's at TCU. I say it's a win. I'll go about say I'm gonna say I'll go win too. I'll bite. I'll go win. Okay, so I got them at what is this four and three now? You got them at three and four. Yeah. At home against Baylor. I think that's a win. Yeah. So I got them at five and three. You got them at four and four now, right? Yeah. At mm-hmm. Oklahoma State, loss. Yeah, I lose that game. Okay. So I agree. You got them at five and four, I do. And then you got them at four and five. And then they're at home yeah. against Kansas. I think that's a win. It didn't beat Kansas. Okay. So they're probably going to go five and five because we're both going to be wrong and it's going to be in the middle. Yeah. Five and five. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad we settled that. So there we go. I mean, I, I, I don't want to overhype what happened against Texas because you're right. Texas Tech has done this 
previously where they show show up great against games where they shouldn't compete in and then the next week they get trounced and i don't mean just you know beat they get legitimately trounced where they don't even compete we've seen it before but i think that was under coach wells or that hasn't been under coach wells i think this really is going to change and I, but i will say this i could be absolutely wrong but this k-state game is arguably one of the biggest in Coach Wells' career so far, just because if you win this game, that tide changes, man. That way of thinking changes. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said before, we've seen it with a loser close game like this, and they get rolled the very next game because it's like they, they, they got up for the Texas game. You know what I mean? They can get smacked on the road. It would, it would be easy for teams to do that. But I think this game is a gut check in this, you know, a mental toughness game to see how tough, you know, is this team because you know Kansas they have a good team, but that, that's a game, that's a team you can go up there and beat. You you can beat that team. You play good like that against Texas, you can definitely go up there and beat them. So I want to see how mentally you know strong this team because we've had you know we've we've questioned Texas you know mental toughness before in you know, the last couple of years. So I want to see maybe is this the year where they're a lot more mentally tough. Yeah, I hope so. Um, if anything from week one to you know week two for Texas Tech is any indication they're a little bit more tough because a lot of tech yeah. teams in previous years, they would have just laid down and quit for the rest of the year. Simple yeah. and plain. Um, but yeah, Texas tech loses a heartbreaker, arguably one of the top five worst losses in terms of heartbreak that I've had. Um, it's never going to pass the TCU one simple and plain that right. tip ball. Um, God, God love purple that day. That's all I got to say, I guess. Um, but he's Tobias Bass. You got anything else, man? Oh, uh, basically, um, our soccer girls—they play October second on ESPN Plus, I believe. Yeah. I can maybe go check that out. Also, you know, volleyball's back. They're uh, they were one and one. They swept Virginia the first time that they lost to Virginia the other day. But yeah, make sure you know you're keeping up with them. Yeah, split their two matches. Texas Tech went up and lost, and Lawrence, the number nine, um, Kansas Jayhawks. It's it, it's tough sledding now for Texas Tech if they want to win the Big Twelve in soccer. They basically have to. They got no wiggle room. They got no wiggle room. Yeah. It's basically just go out there and you got to win. Um, and hopefully they get a lot of girls back. I know that they missed a lot of girls the first game of the year. Um, yeah. Second game, they got a couple of them back, but not all of them. So hopefully they can get those back. And then Coach Tony Greystone, I think this might be the year just watching them. I don't know if you got to watch them um, at all, Tobias. It was on ESPN Plus as well. Um, mm -hmm. They looked really good on Friday night. But then those bad flashes of a bad program in terms of before Coach Tony Greystone showed up, yeah. um, you know, on Friday night. And uh wasn't great. But, hey, you'll take a 1-1 split against the Mountaineers um, right. in terms of you play two games, which is kind of cool in volleyball is that you play um, each opponent twice wherever you go. Yeah. So that's cool to get a couple extra games in. But, yeah, be sure to check up on them. I know golf is going crazy right now. Sandy um, – Sandy Scott is going stupid in the tournament. He was second yeah. last I checked. He was just behind a guy with A&M. I believe he was three or four under. Um, so go check that out. But you can find all that information on Twitter at GunsUpNation. You can follow Tobias on Twitter at Tobias underscore Bass. And you can follow me at RCMB323 on Twitter. And be sure to go follow us on Facebook as well. We had Casey Cowan. Did you check that out, Tobias? I checked that after. Yeah, a little after I got from work, yeah. You could hear Haley and her friends yelling in the living room. I apologize for that audio, but hey, I mean, it was better than what Casey was doing. He was in a truck with a bunch of drunk idiots with the cowboy hat. Yeah. By the way, one question before you say anything. 
um, on that. Do you think I could pull that hat off that he was wearing? Probably not, no. Okay, fair enough. I don't think I could either. No. Oh, and also, too, I want to congratulate, you know, um, Pat, he's having a baby. Whoa. Yeah, he's having, he's, having, he's having a child. His girlfriend just posted it like a few minutes ago that they're having their first child. Wow. He's yeah, not just going to so. be the daddy of the NFL anymore, huh? Yeah. So, I mean, congratulations to them. You know, hopefully, you know, it's a very long time from now, but maybe he can, uh, he can come to take, hopefully. How are they going to afford that kid, though? You know, he might come out bougie. Hell, he has all the money in the world. They might not be able to afford it. He's going there's no coming out, I'm rich. I'm not even rich, generally wealthy. I don't even know, man. I don't know if they're going to be able to afford diapers, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, with the price of inflation and everything, I, I, I just don't know if they'll be able to afford diapers and everything you know 500 million will only go so far in today's culture and society you know yeah uh, you only you only so far yeah it only goes so far but hey congrats to pat and patrick i don't know if you saw that on a monday night football last night that his mom tweeted um stop calling him pat it's patrick yeah yeah i seen that. yeah that was <laughs> i almost called him pat right there but no congratulations to patrick and, and his girlfriend and la this is the last last thing um the current dates for the Big East, Big 12 battle in college basketball, yes. St. John's will play at Tech um, or wherever they're going to be. Uh, uh, yeah, December 3rd. Yeah, it's going to probably be in the bubble in Orlando. Yeah, um, probably so, yeah. Yeah, so first of all, congratulations to Patrick and Brittany. And then Texas yeah. Tech basketball slowly starting to ramp up. It's going to be a lot of fun. Right. Again, he's Tobias Bass. You can follow him at Tobias underscore Bass on Twitter. And you can follow me, RC Maxfield, at RCMB323 on Twitter. And then be sure to go follow at Guns Up Nation on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll be back later in the week to preview Texas Tech heading up to the Little Apple up in Kansas yep. to face off against the Wildcats of Kansas State. But again, for Tobias Bass, I'm RC Maxfield. Be kind to others, wear a mask, and we'll check y'all next time, guys. Thanks for listening to the Guns Up Nation podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the podcast hosts and do not reflect the opinions of Texas Tech University or its affiliates. Visit our website at GunsUpNation.com for more Texas Tech news. Thanks again and Guns Up.